It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, newsflash, shooting is important. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, November the 15th, recording this late Wednesday, November the 14th, following the Toronto Raptors 128-112 loss to the Giannis-less Milwaukee Bucks. Great times. We will uh, try to do the short version today because no one wants to stew in this game for 30 plus minutes. Either way, I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can come hang out in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join and it's a great place to come hang out among friends to come do some, you know, group therapy when the Raptors lose games as well. It's a lovely spot. Would love to see you in there. Come hang out again, free to join. You can also for free find the podcast only for podcast apps support by subscribing, following, rating, reviewing, whatever the app of choice asks you to do to support the podcast of choice. Please do that. We're also on YouTube. If you want to go hit the notification bell over there after you subscribe, you will never miss an episode when it goes live. And guess what? We do them every day, baby. Uh, that's it. Like, that's the whole deal. And, and so you don't want to miss them. They go up uh, and they're good and they're fun and they're great. Uh, anyway. I'm spiraling. Let's get into it. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, let's get to it on today's show. We're getting, again, digging into a not very good loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, 128-112. The score does not do this one justice. Yes, there was a bit of a fake comeback attempt in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was all right. Uh, you know, they closed out the third reasonably strong as well. There were some good individual performances to spotlight in this one, in particular, Scotty Barnes, which we will do in segment two, as we ask, what did Scotty and Grady do? The thing we're going to try to do after every Raptors loss here, when the time allows, we got the good, the bad and the hmm coming up, but off the top, let's just dive into the big takeaway from this one. No OG Ananobi, no Gary Trent Jr. And the Toronto Raptors. We're drawing dead against this Milwaukee Bucks team who, yes, we're missing Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is not lost on me. You should probably have a better effort against the Bucks when the multi-time former MVP and NBA champion is not on the floor. That said, I think the Raptors being down OG and Gary Trent Jr., their two most reliable three-point shooters, their two guys with the most space and shooting gravity on the entire roster, 
you know, not to mention all that OG does on the defensive end, uh, Gary Trent Jr., not so much, but obviously the shooting is still very important. Again, the gravity is what really was missing in this one. The Raptors being down those two guys in this game, to me, was more damaging to their chances of running functional offense than Giannis Antetokounmpo not being in the lineup was to the Milwaukee Bucks. Because, of course, the Bucks have Damian Lillard, who's very good. Uh, you may remember him from previous Lockdown Raptors episodes, such as the Raptors should trade for Damian Lillard, among others. He's excellent. And in this game, just got loose at all turns. Uh, no defensive uh, containment on the perimeter. We will talk about the point guard play in this game from the Raptors in the final segment of the show. Guess what? It's going to be the bad. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, man, recording late makes it so I can't say words. Either way, Dame in this game, 37, four boards, 13 assists, two steals, gets 15 of 16 from the line, and he earned a lot of those free throws. Was it a bit of a tilted whistle? Maybe, but he was really the only guy getting to the line in this game, and it's because he gets to the rim a whole lot. The Raptors, of course, finished this game with 10 more free throws than the Bucks had. Some of that's penalty stuff and all of that. Um, you know, there's nothing untoward here. Damian Lillard, really good at getting to the rim, deserved all those free throws, hit them because he's good at hitting free throws, something the Raptors could maybe take after, um, could maybe use on their roster. And, you know, from there, you know, you get four threes out of him. You get eight threes out of Malik Beasley. A lot of this just starting with bad containment at the point of attack. Lillard gets downhill, kicks, drives, uh, or drives, kicks, and then threes are raining on your head. Malik Beasley, campaign has three threes in this game as well. Uh, a big late one, backbreaker one, as the Raptors are trying to make a push from Brooke Lopez too. But really, this was Lillard and Beasley just shooting the lights out in this one. And for the Raptors, without their two best three-point shooters, the math was always going to be a challenge in this one. And then it's amplified by the fact that without that shooting gravity, the twos are way harder to come by because Brooke Lopez is a monster at the rim. It's a challenging place to kind of try to navigate and do your thing. Pascal Siakam did not have the same way with the Bucks defenders as he had with, uh, you know, the Wizards or the Mavericks the last couple times out when he had really big nights. Um, you know, he had a couple moments where he totally dusted Bobby Portis, but Credit to the Bucks, they made it so there weren't that many opportunities for Pascal Siakam to go and dust Bobby Portis in this one because they just sent so much attention his way. And they can do that because there's no shooting on the floor. Uh, it's just, it's the way basketball works in 2023. Shooting is important. Spacing is incredibly valuable to having any sort of functionality to your half-court offense. You know, you see as well, Jakob Pertl in this one, you know, didn't have the same counter to teams sagging completely off of him brooke lopez not guarding yak even you know 18 feet from the basket he's just hanging back in the paint and you know against the celtics there was at least a bit of a counter there for yak where he could say you know what i'm stronger than uh chris Dapps porzingis i can put it on the deck once or twice and score and kind of make the celtics think a little bit with this the, that's just not an option over brooke lopez when you're yak Pertle. there's not a physical advantage there and so that wasn't an avenue to easy buckets. And so just a lot of possessions where it kind of comes to Yak around the nail. And you're just looking around and like guys are either glued to their defender or blocking passing lanes. And there's just like a slow developing play. Seconds, tick, tick, ticking off the shot clock. Just really, really grimy offense in this one. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder, will get to him a little bit later on. Not a good game from him either. But there were just so many possessions in this game that embodied the struggle of not having three-point shooting. And, you know, the guys from the bench couldn't really chip in either. You know, 9 of 33 overall in this game, 27% 
not going to get it done. You need more than one of four from Jalen McDaniels, who otherwise I thought was pretty decent. You need more than O of eight from Malachi Flynn. You just do. And when you can't make the defense think with your threes, they're just going to be totally at ease sending multiple bodies towards your best players. I think Scotty Barnes did a better job navigating those extra bodies in this one than Pascal Siakam did. Um, you know, Siakam still ends up with five assists. He had four turnovers, though. Not super great. You don't love to see that. You know, Scotty, seven assists to three turnovers. He handled it a little bit more effectively. Um, but again, Siakam just like, it was like Tampa out there a lot of times, just driving into thickets of arms. There's one possession that comes to mind in particular where it's in the third quarter and Pascal has the ball on the left block and two guys converge on him basically immediately. The double comes, he kicks it up. Malachi Flynn, one pass away to Jalen McDaniels. He bricks a three. Offensive rebound. Malachi Flynn gets it on the uh, on the sort of reset, bricks a three. And then another offensive rebound comes to Flynn on the far wing, bricks a three. And that just made me want to scream, turn off the television. This one's over. There's nothing they can do. And that's just all the byproduct of the extra attention they could send to the Raptors' best players, the lack of attention they felt like they needed to send to the non-good players on this team tonight. And, uh, you know, you can't live if you're not going to get sort of above your head shooting from guys like Flynn and McDaniels on a night where you don't have OG and Gary Trent Jr. To me, this again comes like to roster construction. The roster is just too bereft of shooting. You can't be this dependent on two guys to have a, a functional half-court offense. And we'll get into how Dennis Schroeder, I think, really kind of dragged things down in this one, too. Um, But, you know, I put this one mostly on geometry, really. This was a geometry loss. The Bucs had it. They had space. They had shooting everywhere. They had Dame pulling up from 33 feet doing the Dame thing. And the Raptors had none of that, even though there were, again, a couple nice performances in here. Not nearly enough in order to uh, get the Raptors where they had to go offensively. We checked the number. I shudder every time I do this, but the Raptors half-court offense in this game, the 30th ranked half-court half-court offense in the league, is going to get worse after today as they were around 84 points per 100 possessions in the half-court per clean the glass. Now, after this game, 79.3 points per 100 possessions against the Bucks. That's going to go down. They're going to be even more 30th than they were coming into tonight. Not great. Bob, we'll come back on the other side and do the thing that we try to do to lift the spirits whenever the Raptors lose, which is what did Scotty and Grady do? And in the case of Scotty, a whole lot. It was pretty awesome. We will get to that. We'll talk about Grady, who had a bit of an up and down night in his first NBA start. And we will, of course, round it out with the good, the bad, and the hmm coming up at the end of the show. Before we get into all that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land and right now is a perfect time to score early this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book because right now new customers get a 150 dollars bonus bet or get 150 dollars in bonus bets that is with any winning five dollar money line bet it's that easy you win a five dollar money line bet and you are going to get 150 bucks into your account in bonus bets if your team wins that is pretty sweet if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now the app is super easy to use there's a wide range of betting options and including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just for the NFL. I'm not an NFL fan at all. Sometimes I wager a little on basketball or a little hockey, sometimes baseball, things like that, mostly when I'm in person at an event. Um, But if you want to go and dabble, there's all sorts of lines. Take the under on Toronto Raptors scoring points. As long as OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. are out, you'll probably do all right, although he might have hit the over in this one with 112 points. A lot of that, of course, garbage time points. But either way, 
You can go right now to FanDuel, check all the lines for all the games that you might want to throw a little wager down on and get that 150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins a $5 money line bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right. Continuing on here, your first listen of the day. Uh, If you're listening late at night, you're a trooper. I can't believe you waited up to listen to a podcast about that game this late. Get help. Uh, If you're listening on Thursday, we love you. Thanks to our everydayers. Of course, if you're not an everydayer, why aren't you one? It's a great place to be. Uh, If you want to listen to a podcast that's more uplifting than this one, probably, go listen to the show from Wednesday with Dan Devine. One of my favorite pods we've done in a very long time because Dan Devine is the freaking best. And I really highly encourage you to go check that out also friday we're gonna play what's more likely with katie heindel so that'll be fun give that to look forward to to round out your week okay let's uh dive in now to the 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 thing that you know lifts our spirits makes us feel a little happier and that is what did scotty and grady do the segment we're gonna try to do here every time the raptors lose a game throughout the season to try to keep some perspective this is the stuff that really matters the stuff that makes all the other big questions about the team a little easier to answer, a little less dire in terms of their importance because uh, Scotty Barnes rocks. Grady Dick might rock too. He's not there yet, but uh, Scotty Barnes sure is. Scotty Barnes in this one just kind of walks into 29, 9, and 7 on 11 of 19 shooting, hits all three of his threes, four or five from the line as well. He's actually been, outside of Dennis, probably like the most reliable, the, the, the free throw shooter who makes me feel the best, I think, when he goes up there these days, which is nice. He's hit some big stuff in fourth quarters and stuff like that, too, from the line. Uh, encouraging signs from Scotty Barnes uh, in that department, at least. Um, you know, I, I think for Scotty, you know, ball of energy in this one. I, there were a couple, you know, stretches where he kind of floated in and out. For, start of the third quarter where the Raptors really kind of laid an egg. That seemed like a spot Scotty could have kind of asserted himself a little bit more. He was kind of non-existent to start the quarter, but the whole team was. I'm not going to put that on Scotty. Um, you know, a couple of things that stood out for me in this one. Like I said, Scotty did a much better job navigating the thickets of arms and tall people uh, on the interior than Pascal Siakam did in this game. And that makes sense, right? He's a really talented passer. He can kind of thread really tight windows and find guys. And Jakob Pertl, I think, really benefited, you know, Yacht didn't start the second half in this game. We'll talk a bit about that in the hmm coming up later on. Um, but he closed this game strong, 13 points, 11 boards, four steals, two blocks. A lot of those points coming off of directly created looks by Scotty Barnes. And you know what? Not against more Scotty Yak pick and roll 
as a thing they can go to. That seems to be something that works a little bit. Um, it's not really something that seems all that switchable because you're going to have more sort of lumbering bigs guarding uh, against Yak. You're not going to switch lumbering bigs onto Scotty because Scotty apparently can just kind of get downhill now and get to the rim in a lot of cases. And so, um, you know, he's kind of working in his pull up mid range game too. So that adds a slight threat to give a little bit more space to Yaka Pirtle on the dive. And Scotty's just such a good passer that he doesn't need tons of space, right? He can thread these passes in. And unlike Dennis, who I feel like kind of throws passes to Yak pretty low and kind of underhand sometimes and kind of where he has to kind of lift it back up, Scotty can hit Yak right up high. He's a big dude. He has those really high angles. It's why he's such a good passer. It's because he's enormous and also a genius. And he can make those reads and make those passes. And I think Yak really benefits when he's working pick and roll with Scotty, maybe more than anybody else on this team right now. Um, so more of that. Let's tap into that. I think that would be good. Um, you know, I, I think the three of three on, on, on his... Uh, catch and shoot threes really nice you know i don't think you're gonna bank on three or three every night but a nice little bounce back after some slight regression to the mean uh in the last few games here and those catch and shoot looks you know the pull-up stuff that's gonna come and go those are much harder shots but the catch and shoot ones they look very controlled very in rhythm and i don't see any reason why he can't be a pretty good catch and shoot three-point guy all season long with the way his form is looking um that's awesome another scotty thing i love and this helps like beef up his offensive rebounding totals. He had five of them in this game. Um, Raptors, 26 offensive rebounds in this game and still yet could only muster what they did on offense. Really nasty. Not great. Um, but anyway, Scotty Barnes, five offensive rebounds. The thing I love is the sort of really dramatic miss and recovery of said dramatic miss for a putback. Uh, Scotty really seems to kind of go in with like big illusions of grandeur sometimes with these sort of soaring layups that sometimes will miss, but he's so relentless and so huge and so good on the glass and great, kind of great nose for the ball that he kind of collects those misses a lot and puts them up. And so you get like a double highlight out of it. It's a lot of fun. Saw a couple of those, in this game overall really nice from scotty again the fact that he walks into 29 9 and 7 nice to see after a couple of off games offensively for him and uh you know keep on getting to the rim man you can score over brooke lopez you can score over anybody else and i uh i'm kind of liking that scotty is realizing his powers when it comes to getting to the rim and just being a bloody good finisher even in the face of really good rim protection it's great to see awesome stuff from scotty in this one that is the thing that matters above all else scotty barnes rocks all the other things get a lot easier. Uh, and the things get easier for Scotty Barnes when he has OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. available as well. Shooting's important. Him and OG, wonderful fit. Um, all that stuff. He didn't have the luxury of that tonight and still powered through a pretty rough team context to put up some damn good numbers. That's star stuff. That's uh, You'll take that 10 times out of 10. Grady Dick starts this game, first career NBA start. Wonky on the shooting, one of six from deep, two of 10 overall. The shots he did make, I mean, when they when they fall for Grady, they look so pretty. Uh, he had one coming around a curl from the free, free throw line in the first half to look really nice, really in rhythm, just totally can that. That's going to be a thing I think we see for many, many years to come with Grady Dick. He had a catch and shoot three in the fourth quarter when the Raptors were kind of out of it at that point, um, but still nice to see one go in for him. Gets to the line six times in this game, leads the team in free throws. That's cool. I'll take that. Um, I think one of them might have been like a, an open floor foul on uh, in the penalty and stuff like that. So it wasn't like he was getting to the rim a ton and scoring. He got to the rim a ton in this game and got blocked or had like weird finishes. Those are things that are going to iron out as he becomes not 19 years old, right? Like he clearly has a nose for the rim, has a nose for getting to spots where he can score. 
it's going to come, you know, I'm not worried about the shooting splits right now. All the stuff outside of the shooting splits suggests this guy knows what he's doing. You know, I think a little bit jittery maybe on the decision-making. Sometimes he makes the sort of um, errant pass after kind of maybe driving a little bit into too deep of position. He gets weird angles and then kind of has to like panic and kick it out, reset the offense, and sometimes turn it over when he does that. Um, you know, just the one turnover in this game for Grady, but a couple of weird decisions here and there that kind of derailed offensive possessions, but nothing too, too worrisome. He's still got a great nose for the glass. He had no boards in this game, but it felt like he was around and trying to gab- grab a whole bunch of boards. He had one where he like tried to slap it off the backboard to try to get it back to the top of the arc for Precious Achua. I think it was standing there. Um, like that's interesting. You know, like again, he just has like a nose for where to be, a nose for the ball, knows how to get to the, uh, the spots where he can affect the game moves very well away from the ball. I, you know, I, I'm not upset about the shooting totals. Really, it would be nice for them to start falling. He was put in a tough spot starting in this game. Honestly, I didn't know if I totally agree with the starting decision as much as I want to see more Grady Dick minutes. But, um, you know, the only way Grady Dick's going to learn is by kind of being immersed in the speed of the NBA game. I really kind of believe that, you know, I know there's going to be some thought of, oh, does he go to the 905? Can you send him down to, to the Raptors 905 to get him some run? I mean, maybe like there's no like playing basketball at a pro level is good for anybody, I guess. But for me, Grady Dick is trying to process and learn the speed of the NBA game. And the best way to do that is trial by fire in the NBA game. He's doing enough stuff that is positive and productive that I think uh, it's worth keeping him out there to sort of try and figure it out on the fly here. Maybe the season progresses and it is not the sort of step up that you're hoping for as he is more sort of, uh, subjected to the rigors of the NBA and more attuned to the speed of it. And then that's a point where maybe you make a decision. But I think for now, you know, throwing him into the wolves and just kind of seeing if he can process as he's learning it, I think it's going to be good for him. And I also maintain that he's the type of player who, yeah, the 905 will be pr- productive for a lot of guys, maybe even for Grady Dick. But I kind of think he's the type of player, his bread bread is going to be buttered by being an amplifier to good players and being like a fifth option type guy, fourth option type guy whose gravity is making life easier on everybody else. And not only do I think it's good for his development to kind of learn playing along with good players, the Raptors also just need his spacing. They need the fact that this guy can get open for six threes a game. You can't hit him right now. That's not great. You want to see them start to fall. You know, it was awesome to see him go two of four on Monday against the Wizards. Uh, you would hope that that was the beginning of a bit more of a regular trend of them falling here. But uh, just the space he provides, the way he makes defenses have to think because they know he can shoot. And because he just moves very well without the ball, this offense needs any grease it can get right now. And Grady Dick offers a little bit of grease, which is nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's what Scotty and Grady did. Overall, you know, again, you want more efficiency on, on the shooting attempts from Grady Dick, but I, I don't have too much of a worry about what we saw. And Scotty Barnes, freaking awesome. He's making the star turn, and it's very, very cool. We'll come back on the other side, round it out with the good, the bad, and the hmm to close out this show. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, all right, you know, not great, but plus minus suggests he was pretty good in this game. We'll get into that and more in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Uh, Look, being prepared is an important thing. Emergencies happen, especially if you're traveling, for example. Maybe you're somebody who travels a lot for work or you like to go on vacations. You never want to be caught in a spot where you don't have access to the medical care that can help you if you fall ill. That is where Jace Medical comes in with the Jace case, which is uh, an emergency set of five antibiotics that treat up to 50 different common infections that you might run into in an emergency or natural disaster, anything that might be, 
The hope is you never use it. The hope is that it just is there and you have it and it's peace of mind. But in the event that you do need to use it, you have not only the tools in terms of the actual drugs themselves, but you also have access to Jace's uh, roster of licensed doctors who can walk you through proper and safe usage of these medications. Uh, so go right now and check them out. It's not just medications as well. It's not just uh, antibiotics, that is. That they also get your annual med medications or an annual supply of medications that you might need for your day-to-day, -day, whether it is you know something you take just for quality of life. Even ED generics like Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions are available. So go right now to jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication or to get your Jace case. Remember to use the promo code Locked on at checkout for a discount as well. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, rounding out the show here with the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we close out every game recap episode of the pod here. Uh, a thing I liked, a thing I didn't like, and a thing that's got me a little intrigued, a burgeoning trend, if you will, or just something that kind of caught my eye that I'm not quite sure how to feel about just yet. Let's get to the good. Look, he was 3 of 10 from the field. He had some pretty bad bricks from deep, but Jalen McDaniels, for the first time, looked like an NBA player in a Toronto Raptors uniform in this game. And I'm counting that as a good on a night where not a whole lot went well. And I've already talked about Scotty Barnes. He was a plus 21 in this game. He was on the floor, of course, for the sort of fake comeback in the late third, early fourth. I thought he played some nice defense in that stretch. You know, he was part of the zone they were rolling out there. By the way, rolling out a zone against the very shooting rich Bucks lineups that were on the floor. It was a choice. I mean, it, it kind of worked for the Raptors. I don't know if it was because of anything the Raptors necessarily did. You saw like there was just these wide open swaths of court for Chris Middleton to walk into mid-range jumpers from. And I thought Scotty got a little overzealous, kind of forgetting the parameters of the zone and getting a little out of position here and there. It worked. It, it powered the sort of fake comeback. It was all right. Um, but Jalen McDaniels, I thought, pretty served pretty well as like a wing defender within that um, down in the bottom of the zone. I think, you know, he had a couple dunks. We like dunks. The the dunk he had in the first half was a pretty nasty transition jam. Um, you know, you just anything for him to see the ball go in the bucket is going to be nice. There were also some really bad moments of Jalen McDaniels in this game, just kind of flubbed layups and stuff like that. It's not perfect right now. Um, you know, I would have preferred to see more Otto Porter Jr. than Jalen McDaniels in this game, for example. But again, can't argue with plus 21. Can't argue with him being out there for the most successful stretches of the game. And you can't argue with them yams. So uh, I'll give Jalen McDaniels a very light good on a game where there was not a whole lot of good going around for the Raptors in this one. Precious Achua, I guess, a mild good as well. Although, boy, oh boy, was he riding the poster coaster in this one. Um, you know, a couple nice moments here offset by weird turnovers and just such jumpy fouls like me in 2K jumping all over the place trying to block shots and fouling relentlessly. 
So Precious doesn't get the good. There was some good there, but I'll give Jalen the good for tonight. The bad point guard play through and through really, really rough stuff. When you don't have OG and you don't have Gary Trent Jr., the point guard play has to be at least passable. And it just was not. And on a night where Damian Lillard was doing what Damian Lillard was doing on the other side of the floor, it was really stark. Dennis Schroeder's second straight game, just looking a step slow. He was questionable, of course, for this game. Uh, ended up playing. I wonder if they just got to sit him down for a couple games here just to get him right because he has looked slow. He has looked, you know, sort of indecisive and just not with the same sort of zip and pop he played with at the start of the season. Also, his defense has kind of fallen off a cliff the last few games, just like the blow buys, just incessant. He was the biggest reason why Damian Lillard was able to get downhill so often in this game. He was guarding him for much of this game, and it just was not working. Um, you know, you just you got to have better from Dennis Schroeder. This is a team that doesn't have point guard depth as it stands. If Dennis Schroeder is hurt and like trying to play through it, I think you risk longer term negative effects if he's playing injured through a thing that you know maybe you could get over in a week of just not playing and some rest i'm not a doctor i don't know what's going on but to me he does not look himself the last couple of games and that's a problem because this team doesn't have guard play they are extremely thin we talked about this with joe wolf on last week the sort of dire state this team will be in if dennis schroeder is not healthy or if his really good play falls off We've seen it the last couple of games. It can get pretty grim if Dennis Schroeder is not looking like Dennis Schroeder. And so, um, you know, obviously playing tournament game Friday against Boston, you want to have your guys ready to go and all of that. But um, if Schroeder is not available or not, not if a hundred percent healthy Schroeder is not available, I think it's best. He just sits and, and gets right. You know, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the hell's going on, but that's just kind of my read on things. Ever since the first possession of that wizards game, he took like a weird step or something. And, it's been weird since then. I, I'm concerned, very concerned. Two of nine from the field in this game, one of four from deep. Three point magic's fallen off a little bit from him. That's to be expected. He was shooting like 50% for a long stretch there, which was never going to stay at 50%. But uh, yeah, if there's a concern I have right now about the, the next little stretch for this team, it is the point guard stuff. Because if Schroeder's not right, Malachi Flynn's the one backing up. And as much as Malachi Flynn's had some moments, Tonight was a perfect night for him to go grab the bull by the horns and say, hey, I'm a rotation player. I'm good. And boy, oh boy, did he do the exact opposite. Yes, he was a plus four. Yes, he was out there for the run. But he also was 0 of 8 from 3 on a night where they were just yearning for anyone to hit threes above their station. And, you know, this was going to happen, right? Flynn's been at like 50% from deep this season. There was going to be some kind of regression here. You would hope it wouldn't all happen in one big avalanche of regression in one game where they desperately need some shooting from a position where they're not getting a whole lot on a given night. But yeah, just a disappointing one from Flynn in this one. Five assists. You know, he had a couple nice moments. He had a nice and one that looked pretty good where he denied the screen, got downhill quick, got fouled and scored. That was cool. You know, again, there's some moments here and there. I'm not saying you go and bench Flynn because of a bad game here, but this is the shot making stuff that I've talked about with him for like two years now. If he's not going to make shots, there's a problem because they desperately need some bench piece who's not their primary guy who can just kind of hit catch and shoots to hit catch and shoots. And he did not do that in this game. And it was pretty tough stuff. Um, you know, look, this game made me wish Damian Lillard was the point guard of the Toronto Raptors. I will say I can't say Damian Lillard Lillard. Lillard it's really hard to say I don't know why uh but boy I would figure out how to say it if he was on the Raptors because uh man there's a reason I was so high on the idea of him being the point guard for this team 
whatever the outgoing package would have been, you know, obviously, you know, trading Scotty Barnes for Dame. I will easily, I'll happily eat crow on that sort of notion. Glad they didn't trade Scotty for Damian Lillard. Uh, other trade packages that could have been done would have been nice because Dame would be huge on this basketball team. Um, you know, on the point guard thing, if Dennis isn't available Friday, we'll see. Uh, if they can get OG and Gary back, I do think you probably just roll with Scotty as your starting point guard, even though I don't think he's a point guard. Uh, he's clearly got enough juice right now to create. Um, Pascal can obviously do that as well, run some pick and roll for you, stuff like that. I, I would like to see that be the lineup. I don't think I want to see Flynn start if that's the case, if, if there's no Dennis on Friday. Getting, you know, cart before the horse and all that stuff right now. We'll see what's going on with Dennis. Uh, they haven't even done post-game media as I'm recording this, I'm sure. Um, so we don't know what's going on, but... I would like to see, you know, run that Scotty Yak pick and roll with Pascal and OG and Trent, hopefully, if he's available, spacing around, Otto Porter Jr. if he's available and Trent's not, et cetera, et cetera. There are ways to get a little creative. They won't have good point guard play, but I think there's some ways they can kind of, you know, rig some offense that will be at least passable. Uh, I said I was going to keep this under 30. I have not because I had things to say, I guess. Let's quickly get to the hmm, round it out. Uh, rotation decisions. Some interesting stuff in this game from Darko. Grady over Otto to start. You know, I would have preferred Otto to start, but Otto didn't play very well Monday, and I'm not opposed to getting Grady Dick some reps. So not a huge problem there. Would have liked more than 11 minutes from Otto Porter Jr. Um, I hope that one bad game against the Wizards is not going to excise him from the rotation or anything like that. Uh, Yaka Pertle doesn't start the second half in this game. Precious starts in place of him. And you saw the spacing, like it wasn't fixed by Yak not playing. And I don't think Yak, like he didn't have a great first half. He had some sort of wobbly, um, you know, situations where, you know, the, the hands weren't very strong, you know, tough finishes, stuff like that. But I think for the most part, uh, I would just rather Yak steadiness out there over Precious uh, as a center. I, I still don't think Precious is a center, man. He's got to learn how to be a center before he's a center. He hasn't learned how to be a center yet. So, um, you know, there was a possession early in the third quarter, Pascal drives, there's like three dudes on him, and Pascal Precious is at the top of the arc, completely unguarded, just nothing going on there. Wasn't helping the spacing situation whatsoever. Maybe it was more of a, can you switch him onto Dame on defense type of thing and keep him in front? Couldn't do that either. Uh, Dame's really good. You know, Precious fouled him a couple times, uh, got too jumpy, et cetera, et cetera. I would imagine we'll see Yach get his usual rotation sort of slot in the next game uh, because he's just the best center they have right now. And even with the, the limitations, he's their best option at that spot if they're going to run a traditional center. Without OG, I think you kind of have to, uh, unfortunately. You can run the OGs, Siakam, Barnes trio across the front court when he's available. When he's not, much tougher, of course. Uh, and then Siakam didn't play in the fourth quarter. I think some people noted that as like a thing to be concerned about. Not really. Like they made a push with Scotty. And the bench, and I think Yak was in there too. So they like they made a push, and they got it to within like 13. And then before they could even like call a stoppage, or before a whistle could be blown to get Pascal in around the five and a half minute mark, when you would in theory try to go make a push for it with Pascal, uh, the Bucks had blown it back out to 20. So I think it was just a matter of game flow here, and not a matter of Pascal getting benched or anything like that. It wasn't his best game by any means, but also again, he was just playing in a phone booth all night long. And did what he could. Sometimes he's just going to drive into a thicket of arms and just has to pass out. Had five assists, as he's wont to do. Uh, not too concerned. But uh, yeah, tough one. Tough one overall. That'll do it. I'll uh, I'll wrap it there. Apologies for going longer than I thought I would. I hope 34 minutes of content on this game is all you hoped it would be. We'll be back again on Friday for a little bit of uh, what's more likely with Katie Hyde. Looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, go listen to episodes from yesterday with Dan Devine as well if you want to go and have some more listening for you 
for the rest of today. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc. Always appreciate the support of the podcast. And uh, we'll be back again on Friday. Another episode of Lockdown Raptors with Katie Heindel. Until then, thanks so much. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.